name is Francisco Yang, and you're listening to A General Conversation with Yang, a podcast where we discuss trending news and topics. Hello, everybody. Hello to everybody who's listening to this uh, podcast, I guess, for this episode. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, you know, this is, this is my first ever podcast, so I really have no expectations as to where I'm hoping this will go you know obviously i hope i can consistently post consistently have guests on the podcast and just talk about interesting stuff but you know we'll see we never know you never know um but yeah so i'm just gonna introduce myself first of all i'm francisco francisco yang uh most of the people who are probably listening to this podcast right now probably do know who i am uh because you know it's mainly friends right now uh but you know hope i'm hoping in the future if this shit, if this shit ever like blows up, you know, you know, you guys can come back to this first episode and just see how far I've grown, grown. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm Francisco. I live in Virginia. <laughs> I go to school at Indiana University, and uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a rising sophomore, I guess. And yeah, so the purpose why why I started this podcast, you know, I've been thinking of starting a podcast like forever. I think the main reason why I started it is just because I wanted to have a place where, you know, I could record myself and just talk about things I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, stuff that I want to talk about and, you know, just have a way to go back and listen to it whenever I can, uh, whenever I wanted to. And I just, I love how with podcasts, you know, other people can listen in as well. And then, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to have guests that I want to bring in. I don't exactly know how consistent I'll be, whether or not. You know, I'll keep this up for a long while. Um, I think it'll just depend really on what guests I'm able to get on the show, and then uh, going from there, I guess. Um, but yeah, this episode, I think, uh, like I mentioned before, it's a sensitive topic. Uh, we're discussing gun violence, or specifically mass shootings, uh, in the United States, and I think this is this is because of uh, what just happened recently in Texas. You know. Um, with uh, Rob Elementary School in Uval- Uvalde, Texas. Is that, I, ho- I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, but yeah, no, I'm actually not going to have a guest on for this episode. I want to, you know, just get, get some things off my chest. I think in future episodes, I'll definitely have guests on. I think it's a lot more, a lot more interesting, a lot more, a lot more content, not content, but like we, we have a lot better dialogue when it's, uh, when you're bouncing off ideas between people. Um, but yeah, so I'm, yeah. So just a little bit of background of, uh, you know, why, 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 the, why I'm talking about gun violence today. Uh, it's just, you know, a couple days ago in Uvalde, Texas, Rob elementary school, uh, an 18 year old, 18 year old male went into an elementary school and shot and killed 19 kids, 19 students. And two teachers. And uh, I believe, I think the statistic was that this is like one of the most deadliest uh, school shootings since 2012. uh, With the Sandy Hook shootings. And it's it's really, really disappointing how like every single time something like this happens. I feel like we're all like, oh, prayers and thoughts, prayers and thoughts. Then, you know, there is some, you know outcry about oh our politicians need to 
start implementing better gun laws or like, you know, something needs to change, mental health services, stuff like that. But I feel like nothing really actually changes, you know? And I wouldn't say I blame something specifically, but I do think the basis of why uh, there's like, why this is such a, why this issue is so targeted, not targeted, but like so specific to the United States is mainly because of uh, just our constitution, you know, our second amendment. And this, this, this is me being neutral. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I'm just saying that if you have something where you, a constitutional amendment, and the constitution is probably like one of the most important legal documents uh, in the world, even though it only applies to the United States, but it's a piece of constitution, you know, that other uh, countries have looked at, you know, they, they hold to a certain esteem. And uh, even if recently, I believe there were reports that countries are like, oh, the constitution in the United States is ineffective or whatever. But like for such a long time coming, the fact that the constitution has been such a strong uh, holding point to our country, I think is just shows how powerful it is. So I think when you have an amendment where, uh, it's directly giving the rights to bear arms to your citizens and whether or not, whether or not it's a good or bad thing. I think that because of that, there are going to be good and bad things that come out of it. I mean, you could say the same with freedom of speech and freedom of religion. I'm not saying that those freedom, that those freedoms are bad. They're, they're definitely not bad because the core element, the core idea behind those freedoms is that we're, we have the freedom to be able to, you know, speak our minds and uh, practice whatever religion we want. But, you know, there's also there's also that aspect where, you know, you have the Ku Klux Klan and uh, they take religion to a whole other ideology where they believe that, you know, the, the supremacy of white people, you know. And then there's also freedom of speech where, uh, yeah, there's also freedom of speech where, you know, freedom of speech is absolutely amazing I, I love how you know this country you're allowed to speak your mind without you know i mean you get backlash but you're, you don't get arrested but you know there are limitations to freedom of speech you know there's um uh defamation you know you can't essentially you can't say stuff that's completely true with the intent of uh of you know hurting somebody or like uh making or yeah just hurting somebody's life you know um, so there are limitations and there are bad things that come with these uh, amendments to our constitution. And they're not necessarily good or bad, but they're, they're they just they're just there, you know? And it's it, it is a causality that because we have a document that gives us this legal power, you know, there are the issues that arise. And I think uh, it's important to understand that these constitu- these amendments, you know, are essentially here to stay, but they can be improved on. They sh- there should be limitations in some aspects. Um, whether or not, you know, you're a liberal or you're a conservative, I think it's a really, really, really important thing to understand that, you know, these, these amendments are something that... Are, sorry, I'm having a mind... Uh, my, my mind's been blank, but, uh, you know, these amendments are something that is very very important and we should hold dear to you know our legally that oh we have these freedoms we have the right to vote and stuff like that but there are limitations 
and improvements that can be done to these amendments. Um, but yeah, let's let, let's let's. I was talking a lot about amendments. So let's go back to like statistics on sh- school shootings. But yeah, no. So like Sandy Hook, right? Uh, Sandy Hook. There was that shooter who killed twenty first grade students, six adults, and then uh, that that was the most you know uh, de- that was the deadliest school shooting until now with Rob Elementary School, where nineteen students were killed, two teachers were killed. Uh, but you know. It, we get so many every single year, you know, with the Columbine High School that was in 1999, and that that killed 13 people, 12 students and a teacher, and then it also wounded 20 more. There was the Parkland shooting, shooting where there were 17 students that were killed, and there were 17 more that were wounded. And then, uh, even it doesn't even necessarily have to be like a high school or a elementary school or not, you know, in uh, in. In our own, st- in my own state, Virginia, Virginia Tech, 2007, we had that shooter who uh, killed 27 students and five faculty members. So we we clearly see that it's something that constantly happens, consistently happens in the United States. Um, it's been happening since the 1900 late 1900s, and it's still prevalent today. So I don't think. I think we've reached a point where we can. We can say that whatever we have been doing hasn't been uh, effective, because we have seen other countries who have who were able to, uh, who after these when they had school shootings also, or mass shootings, they implemented laws and limitations that that did effectively help with their gun violence, and I think that's that's. Whether or not you're liberal or conservative, you can't you can't argue against the facts, and that's something that um is clearly is clearly shown in other countries. Uh, let's see what else. See, this is this is what happens when you're just talking to yourself. You don't you don't uh you don't have someone else to bounce bounce with idea wise. Uh, just give me a second. But yeah, so uh, what exactly, what else are we talking about today? So yeah, we're talking about gun violence and just how like, how there needs to be a change to, I think, how we approach it. Because I feel like there isn't one single solution that'll solve it. Um, Some people are like, oh, you need to focus on mental health services. It's not the gun, it's the person. And that... In a way, that is true, you know. Uh, at least, especially with this this most recent school shooting, uh, there was clearly there, there was clearly the background checks clearly weren't enough. You know, there's something wrong with this kid mentally, um, and that 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 doesn't make it okay that for what he did, but you can't deny that you know there are services that uh, that are lacking. When it comes to our mental health, uh, for students and you know for adults too. Uh, there's also you know guns themselves. I I hate the argument that you solely blame shootings not on the guns but on the pr- people using them. Because yes, part of the reason part part of the blame should definitely go to the actual shooter, but. When you look at why they're using a gun, why they, they're considered mass shootings, why they're going to these schools and they're using guns, they're using handguns, pistols, 
why they're using uh, semi-automatic weapons, why they're using automatic weapons. There's a reason why they're shooting guns specifically. And it's because of how the access to these guns are a lot easier, you know? It's a lot more convenient to use when you're going to a school and you want to kill as many people as possible. Um, because you don't have to be a expert on using a gun in order to use a gun, you know? When you're creating a bomb, let's say, let's, let's say you wanted to make a bomb instead. There's a lot that goes into it where you have to learn how to make a bomb. And yeah, so essentially I'm just saying that it's a lot more convenient to choose to use a gun especially at an age when you're 18 you have no criminal background history uh then you're able to in a state like texas you're essentially if you're 18 or older and you have no criminal history it is so easy for you to acquire a gun legally um and yeah i'm also going to talk about like how the difference between legal guns and illegal guns because there is an issue with illegal guns too you know if we do impose stricter laws on legal guns, there is the ask the argument that you know criminals will still find a way to find use guns. Illegal guns is is really is that's they're not that, that argument isn't wrong either. Um, but I think it's I think it's I just don't like dismissing one argument just because you prefer another one. Um, so I think yeah, but what I was saying was that there's a there's a culmination of things that you can I think that this country can do. In order to help, uh, you know, solve this issue uh, and prevent prevent more loss from gun violence. Um, let's see. And yeah, so just a just a bit more before I discuss like my exact solutions, I guess, to solving this issue in the in, in the United States. Uh, I just want to say, I believe I'm a firm. I. I, I'm on the fence about this one, but I, I believe that I'm a firm believer in the Second Amendment, you know. I know why the Second Amendment was implemented, and it's because, you know, we were in a time of war where we were fighting against another country, and we needed to defend our ho- homes. But I think that other aspects of the Constitution have, you know, adapted with us. So I think that having the Second Amendment is adaptable in this day and age where we can find a balance between safety and the crimes that come with the second amendment uh, amendment, which is, you know, a lot more guns, a lot more opportunities for criminals to have um, access, access to these guns and to commit horrible things like mass shootings. So I think there, there needs to be a balance because I don't think, I don't think, I don't think you can argue that a, I don't think that you can argue that we need to get rid of all guns because we're in a country where that is part of our constitution. And it's, I don't think it's realistic to say, to, to argue that point because you're just being inefficient. You're not really solving, you're not really reaching a point where you can together cohesively solve this issue with people who do believe in the second amendment, you know? Um, so I guess that's, that's my stance on the second amendment. I, I don't have, I don't own a gun. I don't know if I ever own a gun, but I think that it's in our constitution and we need to figure out ways to work or not work around it, but work with it, you know? Um, yeah. So politically, I'm, I'm not a big politic uh, politics guy. I don't, I'd say like, I'm probably the most 
well-balanced politically that you could find. I don't believe in every single issue conservatively. I don't believe in every issue liberally. And I think I like to base my judgment on each issue independently. Um, but I will say my parents are more left-leaning. They're more democratic. Um, sometimes my views are a bit skewed by that. But I think overall, I'm pretty well balanced, and I'm I do lean a lit a bit a little bit to the liberal side. Um, but I think I'm I'm a person who is willing to listen to the conservatives and liberals on what their stances are on certain issues and topics. Um, so yeah, and I think another thing about this podcast is I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I'm literally just here to tell my story, tell my truthful story. You know, I don't want to spread misinformation. I don't want to. Uh, everything I'm going to talk about is hopefully backed up by statistics. And if it isn't, I think you should call me out on that, you know? Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take a quick break. I think before I move on to the actual solutions, uh, I just want to get, give a nice introduction and introduce what I'm doing with the podcast, what we're talking about, what has happened and stuff like that. Um, so I'll be right back. It'll be for a moment for you guys. Uh, and then we'll get right into it. Hi, my name is Francisco Yang, and you're listening to A General Conversation with Yang, a podcast where we discuss trending news and topics. All right, so we're back from our break. Uh, yeah, so... Now I'm just going to go over some stuff before I go, go into my solutions. But, uh, yeah, I was listening back to my previous recording. And I, I was saying a lot of ums or like us. So I'm going to do my best not to not to keep saying that. Uh, but, yeah, since, since I last recorded the previous section, there was another shooting in Louisiana after a graduation ceremony where I believe a grandmother was killed. And two others were injured, and I haven't I haven't checked on that story, that incident since since then. So I'm not entirely sure, uh, you know, if there's more casualties or not. But it's just really really disappointing. Uh, but yeah, so let's just cla- let's uh define all the terms that I might be using, in uh in my solutions, just because, especially with the types of guns. It does get kind of confusing. Um, so I think there's there's a huge difference between assault rifle, assault we- weapon, and a semi-automatic and a automatic weapon. So with an assault weapon or assault rifle, that's the weapon you t- you think that the military uses. You know, it's a type of rapid fire magazine fed rifle that's used uh, primarily for the military, and then a uh, yeah, it allows you allows for the person who's using it to choose between a semi-automatic, where you have to pull the trigger with each shot, or a fully automatic, where you just hold the trigger and the gun continuously fires. So that's what an assault rifle is, and like they're primarily only used in the military. Uh, do, though I do believe you're able to purchase assault rifles, but I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, and then there's an assault weapon, and this technically isn't an actual term. It's a term that's been kind of that that isn't 
not scientifically, but like there's not a specific gun that's like just an assault weapon. But the media, politicians, and stuff like that have used this term so so often that it's pretty much become its own term. And so it's when it's when when it's used correctly, an assault weapon is considered a semi-automatic rifle that looks similar to the assault rifles that are used in the military. Uh, except they're only semi semi-automatic for the most part. Uh yeah. And so what's the difference between semi-automatic and an automatic weapon? So an automatic weapon, so the assault rifle, can shoot more than one round when you pull the trigger. So essentially you can hold and then it just continuously shoots. But with a semi-automatic weapon, I believe that you have to you have to uh click the trigger or hold the trigger each time that you're shooting around. And so uh, automatic weapons have not been uh, used in recent shootings. Uh, so I think kind of skipping forward, but I think obviously automatic, automatic weapons are to be used by mainly the military. So I think for the average civilian, you shouldn't be able to buy one anyways. Um, yeah, but for the most part, uh, if there is, is a type of uh, semi-automatic weapons, are what are not usually used, but they're more commonly used than automatic weapons. So I, I'm honestly not going to even say assault weapon or automatic weapon, uh, assault weapon or assault rifle. I'm just use the term semi-automatic and automatic because uh, there's less confusion. Uh, but yeah, in shootings like Orlando, Newtown, Connecticut, San Bernardino, and uh, I believe the recent Texas Uvalde one, they all used uh, semi-automatic weapons. Uh, so that's definitely more of an issue than automatic weapons. But yeah, let's get into like the areas that we can improve. And just uh, just another, not warning, but just, just to let you guys know. Like I said before, I feel like I try to, not sympathize, but I try to understand where everyone is coming from in their arguments. So like Republicans and liberals. So I wouldn't describe myself as a full-on liberal or a full-on conservative. Um, but a lot of my issues are, a lot of my stances on issues lean more towards liberals, I guess. More towards liberals. Uh, but I also do believe in some conservative stances also. Essentially, I try to be, I try to be, I try to have an open mind on each issue. You know, I don't, I don't have my party defined. I, I don't define myself by a certain party. Uh, but what areas can we improve on? So let's get back. Let's get started with the solutions. So the first one is, I do not believe that citizens, if if I if it was a perfect, not a perfect world, but a world where I could pick my own laws and choose which laws in the United States we would have to implement in order to improve the situation. The first would be citizens should not be allowed to purchase semi-automatic and automatic weapons. So like I said before, automatic weapons are almost never used uh, in mass shootings. They're mainly only used in the military, and I don't see any reason for a usual citizen, an average citizen, to be able to buy one and use it. Um, I do think maybe if you want to go to the gun range, or you want, uh, maybe you can hold, get some kind of permit to be able to shoot at gun ranges. But I don't think you need, you necessarily need to possess a 
automatic weapon. Uh, or, yeah, automatic weapon at your home or whatever. I think it goes beyond the scope of protecting yourself. Uh, but I'll go more into what I mean by that uh, later. But yeah, so let's talk about semi-automatic weapons. So four out of five of the deadliest mass shootings in U.S. history have involved semi-automatic weapons or automatic guns, uh, according to Statista. And so that that's a that that's that's a really big issue because uh, handguns are actually used more uh, in mass shootings because a mass shooting I believe is defined typically as about uh, four people that are shot uh, in a limited time. Uh, so despite handguns being used more commonly used in uh, in mass shootings. Uh, when there are a, when there are shootings with a semi-automatic weapon or an assault weapon, not assault weapon or a, hold on. yeah, with a semi-automatic weapon, typically uh, there's it's six times more likely for a person. Uh, there's six times as many people being shot per incident or mass shooting. So. While handguns are being used a lot for a majority of shootings, uh, more people are shot during mass shootings when it involves a semi-automatic gun or an automatic weapon. So I think the next thing to do is ban high-capacity magazines. I believe about 55% of mass shootings involve high-capacity magazines. And it's really dangerous because a lot of those shootings involve of, uh, handguns. Involve 55% uh, uh, of the most mass shootings with handguns involve a high-capacity magazine that allows for more bullets to be shot. Uh, in a limited number, a limited limited time, which just makes handguns even more dangerous than they should be. And just remember, the scope of this is not to infringe on the Second Amendment, like the constitutional right, but just to, these are solutions I believe that can help bring down the gun violence, bring down uh, the number of mass shootings. Just got a text. Hold on. Who is this? Uh, but yeah, so more crap. Yeah, so yeah, ban high high capacity magazines. I don't think I need to get too into that, but I believe banning high capacity magazines should be necessary. Uh, but you know, a ban on guns doesn't necessarily just mean that everything will get better because there is the issue that, you know, there are mental health issues in this country that should be addressed. Um, like I said before, I don't think when people say, oh, uh, when, when a shooting happens, right, one side of the party tends to say, one side of the political party, uh, one of, one... 
liberals tend to say, oh, we need to ban all guns or we need more gun regulations. And then conservatives typically point to the people themselves and they're saying, don't blame the guns, blame the people who are using the guns. And so I think there, there, there are truths to both arguments, okay? I don't think they're mutually exclusive where only one of them is the answer or we can only address one of them. I think there, there, are a lot, there is a lot of mental health issues in this country that do need to be addressed and that can help make this uh, issue be improved. So definitely improving mental health services for uh, uh so so one good thing could be you know improving mental health services, cracking down on uh and then some other stuff. But yeah, I'll talk with about mental health first. So I think the most important thing is that schools need to have teachers and counselors take mental health identification courses or programs where it teaches them how to recognize if a student in their classroom seems to be suffering from mental health. Uh, I think oftentimes there are signs that people miss, both students and teachers. Uh, And if we were able to address that, it would be a lot better uh, just just in general, not even just to address mental, uh, to address gun shootings. Um, Also, educators need to be willing to reach out to students. Oftentimes they don't reach out because they're not sure they need help. Uh, and stuff like that. So you need to be able to make connections with your students, every single student, even even though it's difficult. I know that resources are strained, um, but definitely just teachers need to be more willing to reach out to every single student and not just wait for them to approach. Uh, and I know it's difficult. There's so many students so and so little teachers, but it's something that can just help with mental health. I think uh, enhancing our primary care for mental health services, you know, hospitals and stuff like that. I know uh, when I usually go in for an annual checkup or well, back when I was under 18, I guess, um, the doctor had me fill out a form which listed, oh, have you had thoughts of suicide, stuff like that, suicide, uh, have you been suffering from depression, have you done things, have you like stopped doing things you would normally do, stuff like that. And I think that's, you know, okay, but I don't think it's, um, it's not great because if someone is suffering from depression or mental health issues and they're not willing to reach out, you're going to miss them. So I think having primary care services for better primary care services for students or not students, but just uh, children in general, people in general, just have doctors be able to reach out and I don't know, because Doctors do help a lot, but um, I'd say just like be more forthcoming, I guess, about mental health issues. Try to educate people more about them, stuff like that. Uh, I think enhancing, you know, for me and I, I believe many students in my county, uh, we take a lot of health classes in our PE classes. We have a health, uh, entire like semester dedicated just to like our health, learning about uh certain things in high school. And I feel like if they, if those lessons were more enhanced and better suited to talk about mental health and stuff like that, it would be a lot more educating to the students. And I think finally, just that students themselves, you know, be more understanding about how uh, their actions, even like, even actions that are very subtle, could be, you know, could build on top of each other, and affect someone's mental health 
Because I do think that while, you know, the classic ideal idea of bullying is that, oh, there's this, there's this uh, very direct aggressor who's, you know, hitting or, you know, calling someone names and stuff like that uh, repeatedly and stuff like that. I think that idea of bullying or cyberbullying, while it does probably still exist, I think more so now that more so now the mental health issues or bullying issues, not really bullying issues, but just mental health issues come from students who feel like they're being, who feel like they're not being noticed or they feel like their subtle actions from the students around them, uh, you know, keep them left out, being treated differently, stuff like that. You know, rumors being ignored. That's what's starting to hurt people more mentally, mentally, you know, um, it's not necessarily that, oh, it's just one person who's bullying you or a group of people are bullying you, you know, and these students around them might not even notice, you know, um, they might even not notice that they might not even notice that their actions are somehow affecting a person mentally. I think it's just something to do with not, not our culture, but like, I think students, especially in high school, we're just a bit more oblivious to how our actions can affect others. So definitely educating people more on that and just, you know, reaching out and being a good friend. If you see someone who's, uh, you know, not sitting with anybody, you know, you should sit next to them, stuff like that kind of stuff. And I feel like, you know, we learn about this stuff too in high school and middle school and all that. But I feel like in real life, not many people actually practice that. And, uh, and I'm not saying I did it either. I'm, saying, I'm not saying I'm a saying I, you know, sat every sat next to every person during lunch who was sitting on their own or whatever. But I think it's something that we can all improve on, just learning, knowing that our subtle actions do affect other people. Um, Yeah, so that's our, my mental health part of it. I do think that that needs to be addressed, whether or not we think it's going to have a huge impact on uh, gun violence stuff. I think it is an issue. And, you know, many of these kids who are shooting up schools and whatever, you know, they're 18 years old and you can look at their social media. You can look at um, how they were acting to friends or friends or the other students and stuff. And you can see that there was a pattern there. Um, So mental health, I think, is an issue, but it isn't the o- or is it is a cause, but it isn't the only cause. Um, But back to guns themselves, you know, there's a lot of arguments that, oh, we can, you know, regulate more of the legal stuff, you know, more of the... Um, more of the, yeah, we, we can somehow punish, not really punish. I don't see it as punishing, but, you know, we can regulate more of the people of legal guns, legal purchases, license purchases, and stuff like that. But is it really going to help? Because, you know, there is a illegal black market for guns in the, in the United States. There is uh, private sellers. There are gun shows. And I think there needs to be a crackdown on that, too. You know, with gun shows, um, gun shows, the the level of scrutiny, scrutiny or uh, background checks and all that with uh, gun shows really depends on each state. Um, I know for Virginia, our gun shows, I'd say, are pretty, pretty, uh, a lot more, are a lot, is a lot harsher when it comes to surveillance on gun shows. Uh, because state police for gun show, licensed gun shows and, uh, Virginia, there has to be state police present and they have to conduct state level background checks on purchases done at these gun shows. And then, you know, these gun shows have to have a, a list of 
people who are going to, like, exhibitors and sellers of guns at the gun show. And then, uh, you know, so I think just cracking down a little bit more in, on each state for these gun shows will also help. Uh, but also, and also with private sales of guns, so just separate from gun shows, separate from, you know, walking to a gun store and buying a gun, um, there are private sales, you know, of, oh, my neighbor's, you know, giving, selling me a gun, I just pay, I pay him cash, whatever, you know, it's hard to regulate, th- regulate that, because I believe private citizens do have rights to, you know, privately sell stuff like this, as long as not, as long as the private seller is not knowingly giving, selling a gun to someone who they know is going to do a crime or something like that, then it's legal. Um, so I think that with those, this is a really fine line. I'm not sure if uh, this is, you know, crossing a legal issue or legal line or something like that. But, you know, having fines or gun, gun licenses revoked for private sellers who sell a gun that was, you know, sold privately or unregistered or unlicensed and it was used in a felony. So not a misdemeanor, misdemeanor or petty crime, but a felony, then that could be an option, you know, um, and that would just, the, the purpose of that would just make private sellers more cautious and meticulous about who they're privately selling their guns to. Um, cause I feel like if you're selling your gun to the person next door, you're going to know more about your next door neighbor than you are some random guy who shows up to your house. Um, but even then that's still, you know, there's still chances of, uh, you're not knowing the person well enough and, uh, something goes wrong, but that's just, yes, regulations on private sales are just very, very difficult. Um, let's see a crackdown on the gun black market. So I was researching this part and it's really, really interesting how, uh, how much of like legal sales and licensed gun sellers are actually affecting the gun black market. Uh, do I have it listed? I remember reading somewhere where it said that uh, apparently 1% of the guns sold in, uh, you know, licensed or legal sales of guns can actually be traced to about like 60% of the guns in the black market. So essentially a 1% of sellers sell their guns legally to someone who can legally purchase one. And then eventually those guns reach the black market where it's sold to people who, you know, obviously don't have a license to own a gun and stuff like that. Um, so I think, you know, cracking down on the black market itself, you know, having a ATF or the FBI or something crack down on the black market is very difficult. Um, cause you know, they're criminals, they know what they're doing. Uh, but you can help control it from the source. So, you know, having more surveillance, having more routine inspections on licensed gun sellers and just making sure that these people are, you know, not, not these gun sellers are essentially making sure, essentially making sure that these licensed gun sellers, you know, are doing things legally are selling to people that they should be selling it to. And yeah, no, and yeah, so improved licensing and oversight of gun sellers is definitely something to that can help improve it. Uh, having a state license required to sell guns, I think, for uh, gun sellers, for licensed gun sellers, because I think you have to be federally approved, but not necessarily have a state 
license in order to sell a gun. So just having that extra amount, extra, extra precaution will be a lot better. And then just having reward, financial rewards and stuff like that for gun dealers or gun sellers who re- report gun thefts uh, when I mean, when you know their guns are, are stolen or whatever. Uh, if they're because uh, some gun sellers aren't willing to you know report that for some reason just because you know they'll be under more scrutiny and stuff like that. But if you provide an incentive like financial rewards and stuff like that, uh, they'll be more inclined to report their gun thefts and. This will lead to, you know, more investigations into, oh, who stole those guns and whatnot. Because a lot of times those guns are found on the black market. And uh, two, like, extreme measures uh, for that. One could be limiting the number of guns that can be sold to a customer. Uh, That's one, because so many guns are being pumped out into the public, into uh, the hands of you know, le- uh, people who can legally own guns. I'm not saying that they don't have a right to that because obviously we have the Second Amendment. But at some point when you're owning over 10 to 20 plus guns, it's not, you're not, you're not using the guns for self-defense. You know, you're, you're maybe just collecting guns and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you collect cars, collect guns, whatever. Um, but just having a limit of how many you can buy from a certain seller every month uh, might be a way just to help prevent so many guns from being pushed into the public and eventually into the uh, illegal black markets. So that's a really extreme measure. Obviously, there would be a lot of pushback if it happened realistically. But, you know, that's just something I would do. Uh, have all guns be registered, you know, having a national gun registry, that's also a very extreme measure that uh, obviously there's pushback already for that kind of uh, legislature. But that's just something I would do. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much what I had on black markets and private sales and stuff like that. But I think focusing on, you know, regulating regulating legal sales and then controlling or cracking down on, you know, gun, gun show sales and private sales and, uh, illegal black market sales is just also really important. You need to focus on that. Uh, let's see what else do I have? Yeah. So that's pretty much everything I had on the on the black market and private sales and gun shows. Uh, and just the banning of like certain guns themselves. Um, but now let's talk about universal background checks. So I feel like this should be a given, you know. People say, oh, this is a constitutional right that we have guns, that we can legally own a gun. But I mean, there are limitations to other amendments in the Constitution, you know, constitutional rights. You know, freedom of speech. Uh, you're not... Yes, you have the freedom of speech, but uh, there's defamation, you know. That's something that's legally you're not allowed to do, and you can be punished for that. There's a, you know, freedom of religion, but your religion can't be forced onto others. So you're free to practice religion on your own. But uh, other you, your religion can't affect other people if they don't want to practice that religion. Um, and also that religion, even though it's, you know, even though Christianity itself is so, like, intertwined with, 
our government. There's also that separation between government and uh, religion. And what I mean by Christianity being uh, intertwined with our government, just like, you know, with our national anthem, I don't know, Pledge of Allegiance, you know, stuff like that. I think every president so far has been Christian or, uh, yeah, has been Christian or Catholic. Um, you know, we, we, but I'm, my point is that there are limitations to our constitutional rights. Uh, another one can be voting, you know, criminals who, uh, have, you know, obviously criminal background history, they're not allowed to vote, even though they are American citizens. Um, so there are, there are limits to our constitutional rights. And all of this is mainly to help or protect the safety of the society of this country itself. You know, these limits aren't there just to limit it, but to help ensure that there's a safer public, a safer uh, society. But uh, yeah, so I think my, my, my thought process with universal background checks and just these gun regulations themselves is that if you're not, if you're unable to put limitations on your own rights, just because, no, no, wait, let me rephrase that. So, <laughs> so there should be limits to our constitutional rights. If it's for a greater cause for our society, a greater safety for our society. Um, if you're unwilling to accept limitations in order to keep others safe, uh, do you really care about, you know, the safety of yourself and others? Um, and guns themselves, yes, they're constitutional, right? But they can cause bodily harm to others. We have seen that. Uh, we have seen where, uh, you know, we have seen, we, we, we're seeing every day, there's an, essentially a norm now in the United States where we see gun violence every day and it kind of goes over our head. And then when there's a very tragic shooting, that's when there gets a ton of national attention. Um, and then, and then you know, there's a huge outcry, and then it dies down a little bit, and then another shooting happens, and we just keep repeating the same exact thing. Um, so I feel like we're all we always say, oh, you know, thoughts and prayers. You know, our our politicians need to do something, and then nothing really changes. And so, what can change? If you're saying, oh, we need more guns uh, in our country in order to fight this, I mean, there's already so many guns in this country. Maybe having a little less, having a little less because of regulations and stuff like that might be a solution, you know? I'm not saying, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, a country can't exist with guns and not have gun violence. Uh, and an example of that, I believe, is. Was it Switzerland or Sweden? I think it's Switzerland. Uh, where uh, they have they their 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 gun culture or the number of guns they have in their country is proportionally very similar to the United States. Um, but their gun violence is almost zero. I think per one hundred thousand, it's like zero point zero two, while uh the United States is I think like s- between six to eight people who are killed by gun violence, uh, every one hundred thousand people. Um, so they're almost at zero, even though they have so many guns. And the reason, the difference between Switzerland and uh, 
I hope it is. I'm pretty sure it's Switzerland and not Sweden, but yeah, Switzerland and the United States is that there's two things that are mainly different. One, uh, they have they, their gun laws are very very strict. They have so many gun laws, so many gun regulations, so many. Uh, they they have a I believe na- a national gun registry, and uh, they're they're very very cautious about like who can have guns, when they can be used, and stuff like that. Um, even though they have so many guns, and that and as you can see, their uh, gun violence is very low. That could also be a a uh, effect of typically Switzerland itself is a very I'd say well off country, to a pretty wealthy country. There's not a huge disparity between their uh, their like lower class people, uh, lower income class people, and uh, higher in- income class people. So crime and violence themselves are pretty are not I wouldn't say pretty low, but it's a lot lower than the United States. But again, you can see that with more regulations in that country, there is that effect. And you, I, I don't think you can argue against that when the United States has one of the more relaxed gun regulations in this in the world. And we get so many more shootings than other countries that, you know, might be similarly have less gun laws or might have more gun Oh, my foot's now. One sec. Oh, you guys ever get that feeling when your foot's numb and you start moving it again? One sec. Oh my god. Jesus. Okay, okay, I should be good. Um, but yeah. So what was I saying? Uh, yeah, Switzerland is just an example of a of a country where there can be a lot of guns, but with regulations. You're still able to exercise, you know, using guns and stuff like that. It's just a lot safer, and then that results in a lot less crime uh, or gun violence. Um, yeah. So universal background checks. I think this should be a given. We have licenses for driving cars. Uh, you know, you need additional licenses for motorcycles, planes, helicopters. Uh, there's background checks for voting. You know, criminal history. Uh, there's, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff that you have to do to do, to perform certain dangerous stuff in the United States or to have possess certain dangerous, uh, objects or, you know, car, motor vehicle, stuff like that. So I don't see why you wouldn't have the same for something like guns, which can easily kill somebody. Um, even if you're just using it for hunting or, uh, you know, just, just to protect your home and stuff, you can accidentally shoot somebody. You can accidentally hurt yourself. So having that extra precaution where you have to train, where you have to have licenses, uh, for, for something that's this dangerous is necessary. I mean, with cars too, right? Um, you, anyone can essentially own a car in the United States, but you know, you have to have your driver's license. You have to have a on your car. There has to have their license plate. The car has to be registered for the most part. Um, so yeah, there are limitations already for other stuff that exists in the United States. So I don't understand why having regulations that help protect uh, our citizens when there's already so much gun violence is such a bad thing. Um, because you know, 
if you're someone who can legally own a gun, you don't have a criminal background history, uh, and you just want to use your guns, your gun to you know for practice shooting or to uh, you know go hunting and stuff like that, you can legally own a gun. You just I I just don't understand why people aren't willing to go the extra mile just to help keep their you know country a little bit more safe. Um, but yeah, I think. Having a universal background check is so important because uh, I believe the Yavalde shoot the Yavalde shoot Yavalde Yavalde I don't know how to pronounce but the Texas shooting just re- last week that shooter was able to legally buy a gun in the state of Texas despite failing his federal background check but because Texas itself is so lenient on their gun regulations he was still legally allowed to purchase a gun despite his federal background check uh, not going through. Um, so I think that's just another loophole, or not necessarily a loophole, but just an issue with our gun regulations and the lack thereof of these gun regulations. And uh, there's actually a uh, website or uh, yeah, a site called Criminal Attorney Cincinnati, and they have a kind of a map or a diagram of each state's like gun friendliness. So you know. Uh, their lack of a not lack, but like how how regulated they are gun wise, uh, how much their people like guns, stuff like that, and compared to their gun violence, and for the most part, uh, the most gun violence areas per capita tend to be states that are more uh, tend to be states that are more gun friendly. There's all, but you know, there's also states that aren't as gun friendly that do have a lot of gun violence. So there are outliers, but for the most part, the trend tends to look to be where, uh, states that are more gun friendly have more, uh, gun related homicide rates. Uh, so if you want to search that up on Google, that's a pretty good diagram and, uh, article that describes it. Um, but yeah, so again, I think universal background checks are necessary. They're just another precaution, another mile for uh, that should should be there. You know, I don't think having the argument that oh, criminals are able to uh, get a gun any other way should make it so why punish you know the legal citizens by having these gun regulations when not and. I don't think that's a fair argument because they're not regulations that are there to punish you. You know, you're not going to go to gun. You're not going to go to jail if your application, if your uh, background check doesn't go through or whatever. But um, it's just a precaution to help make the work, make the country just a little bit more safe. I don't see what's wrong with that. You know, you're if you're legally able to own a gun, your background check will go through and you will be able to purchase a gun legally. So your constitutional right isn't going to be violated. If it is violated in some way, you can bring it up. You know, you can uh, file, obviously, uh, go to court, and that sh- takes, you know, that that's just a lot of work and shouldn't be necessary. But there ha- there isn't a perfect solution where everyone's going to be happy. I'm completely happy. So I think that universal background checks are necessary, and people should be willing to just go the extra mile to get a gun just for the safety of other people, you know? Um, and I also think that there should be something called second re- secondary responsibility 
So citizens who legally own guns can be fined, punished, or have their gun licenses revoked if they mishandle their gun in a way where someone who doesn't have a gun license uh, uses it in a felony. Uh, so, you know, there are a lot of examples of mass shootings where the shooter doesn't have a gun license and they were able to get their gun by maybe stealing or taking it from someone else um, who, you know, didn't put the gun in a safe in a safe or they didn't have it secure or whatnot. And, you know, they ended up, that shooter ended up shooting so many people. So I think there should be secondary responsibility where citizens, you need to be responsible and legally secure and not uh, and secure your guns, or you're going to be punished for it if uh, if that gun is used in a felony because you mishandled it. Um. Yeah. So that's kind of all I had. I'm, I'm trying to go through my list. I, I wrote down a document where I kind of wrote down what I was going to talk about. Let's see. Do 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 do. Oh, and finally, the argument that, uh, and I'm not attacking Republicans here. I'm just saying that a lot of Republicans or conservatives tend to use the argument, don't blame the guns, blame the person who's using the gun. And uh, I don't think that's the right argument you should be making. Um, I think there are an, there is an essence of that, a part of that argument that is correct and that you know, there is a person behind the gun and maybe there was a way that we could have helped help that person before they did this shooting. You know, we could have provided better uh, mental health services and stuff like that. And I think that that's definitely very, very true. Um, uh, Yeah, but that is very, very true. Um, but I will say that... Hold on. I, I had an argument for this. I I had it in a couple links. But I didn't write it out. And it's been a couple of days since I wrote this. I don't know why I forgot. Um, gun nuts by tent. Let me just open up these documents. Oh yeah, so the argument that people in you know, tend to make is that, oh, do you, when uh, when there's like a drunk driver who accidentally kills somebody or whatever, do you blame the car or do you blame the drunk driver? Um, and I don't think that's a fair argument. You know, I don't think that's a fair comparison to gun violence, uh, because there are actually more gun deaths by intent. So basically, a gun was used specifically to kill. Uh, then there are overall overall fatalities caused by motor vehicles. So there's only a small percentage of those fatalities by motor vehicles that are done with intent. Most are done by accident. So then the cars themselves aren't purposely bought or whatever or used to kill somebody. And I think intent is very, very important to consider because if you're intending to use a weapon that's more conveniently uh, easy to kill somebody with, so a gun, and, uh, 
and maybe like a lot more people to kill, you know, uh, then the question of, oh, it's not the gun, it's a person, is kind of invalid because they're purposely choosing that gun, choosing that weapon to use to kill somebody. Um, so if that gun wasn't there, they didn't have that opportunity or option to use that weapon they would choose something that's less effective, right? And then that's where the mental health issue or services come in, where if we can improve on that, maybe we can prevent that altogether from happening. Um, but yeah, so one of our statistics for this, so Pew Research stated that there were 24,292 suicides involving a gun uh, in a year, and then about 19,384 uh, murders that were uh, involving a gun in 2020. And so suicide by gun is counted as a gun death because you're purposely using a gun uh, to uh, to commit suicide. Um, so that compared to uh, the number of car-related deaths in the U.S., which I believe is about 38,000. It's around the 40,000 range. So in total, there's about... Uh, 19340 about 45,000 cases of where gun deaths are uh a de- or guns were used with intent to kill and those are just like actual killings where someone died by there was uh, killings done with a gun so accident uh, so Incidents where, you know, they use the gun, but the person didn't die or whatever aren't recorded in the statistics. So it's actually a lot more. And that was done by, uh, I believe, Pew Research. P-E-W Research. Uh, as well as... As well as... Uh, hold on. As, as well as done by the CDC. They have a a uh, study on that as well uh, based on the underlying causes of death um, so that's that's why I believe that that argument isn't necessarily wrong overall but there are parts that that's invalid and shouldn't be used in, as a way to you know say oh we don't need gun regulation or whatever I think that's completely not true um, yes the person behind it there needs to be services, mental health services that can be provided to help deter that person from doing this type of stuff altogether. But also you need to address what kind of weapon are they using to do what they're doing. And a lot of that in the United States is they're using semi-automatic weapons or handguns uh, to cause mass shootings and go to schools and shoot uh, kids and stuff like that. Um... So you got to look at what their intent is. Uh, what are they intentionally using to kill these people? And they're using guns, you know, because guns are a lot convenient or a lot more convenient to kill as many people or kill a lot more people uh, that you can without causing much harm to yourself, I guess. And this is this isn't like backed up by statistics. I don't know. I'm just in my personal opinion. That's what I think Um, with a car, you know, when you're crashing into other people and stuff like that. There's a lot more danger to yourself, but when you go to school with a couple of guns and you start shooting other people, uh, 
you know, you're not you're not exactly in danger yourself from those guns. And of course there can be there can be times where oh you mishandle the gun and it hits you. But I'd say it's a lot more convenient and a lot easier to use those guns to kill. Yeah, in in uh in conclusion, I guess. So with the Second Amendment, I think it's unconstitutional and just inefficient for people to argue that you need to completely remove guns because we live in a country where guns are very important. There is a gun culture, and we do have a Second Amendment. And yes, amendments can be you know changed and all that, but there there's there's a large group of people in the United States who are very pro gun. And, you know, they have that right to be, and we shouldn't shame them for that. Um, but we should shame the people who aren't willing to, you know, give, accept some limits in order to protect society as a whole, our country as a whole. Um, so, yeah, I think it's inefficient to argue for the complete removal of guns or to take away guns from legal abiding, law-abiding citizens. Um, but there needs to be a solution that involves cooperation between pro-gun and anti-gun supporters. Um, and yeah, the first thing we can do is improve our mental health services in schools. You know, this shouldn't be this shouldn't be just one option that we have to choose. You know, we can do all of them together to so improve our mental health services in schools and ban specific guns or uh, high-capacity magazines that aren't necessary for average citizens to use. And if they want to use them at a shooting range or something like that. They can, you know, they can. They're allowed to use them at the shoot at the ra- uh, shooting range or whatever. Uh, but they they shouldn't be able to own them those guns specific guns, uh, themselves outside of that, you know. And then with the military, you can use assault rifles. You can you, you can use automatic weapons, semi-automatic weapons, because you're in the military and you have that necessity uh, to use them. Um, next, just bring more legal oversight into private gun shows and sales. And it's difficult to, you know, regulate private sales because there are legal rights for private uh, citizens to be able to, you know, sell whatever they want uh, as long as they don't, they're, as long as they aren't intentionally selling it to somebody who's, you know, has an intent to commit a crime or whatever, you know. Um, but bringing whatever legal oversight that we can into those kinds of stuff is necessary, especially with the private gun shows. Um, and then also just cracking down on illegal gun sales in black markets where we can, you know, 1% of illegal gun, gun sales, uh, gun sellers are directly linked as a source to about like 60% of uh, guns in the black market. So that's definitely something where we can improve on, where we can crack down on. And then just mandating universal background checks and all the other stuff that I mentioned in this uh, podcast is being able to do that kind of implementing these kind of regulations and uh, safety for safety. It's just very important. I think everybody should be willing to give up a little bit of their constitutional right. However, you see how it's affecting you, affecting you. Some people say, Oh, and we're not taking away your constitutional right. You know, you're still able to own guns. Uh, just not starting guns that can be more hurtful. And some people say, Oh, we should be able to, to own whatever gun we want, whatever. Um, but I think that being able to accept limits is very important because uh, if you're unwilling to accept limitations in order to keep others safe and yourself safe, 
um, do you really care about the safety of yourself in society? Because having that argument, oh, we need that, we need to have a gun in order to protect our home, stuff like that, is valid. But with the gun violence in our country, we're also seeing that that constitutional right is infringing on others. You know, these gun, there are legal guns being used uh, to sh- to kill other people. Um, so there needs to be a crackdown on that. And then just everything else I talked about in this podcast, you know, it's very important. Um, and this, these are just my opinions. I like I said, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't think of myself as oh, I'm completely democrat. I'm a complete democrat. Or I'm a complete conservative. Um, I like to look at it issue by issue. And I guess in this issue, I tend to lean more liberally. But I think that. I think that this this transcends politics and all that. Where we should be. We should be aiming to, you know, ensure that our country is as safe as possible and to, you know, be able to have a country where our students don't fear going to school, are able to go to school without worrying about guns. You know, teachers shouldn't be having to, you know, arm themselves or whatever. I remember in high school, my uh, history teacher, literally, I think it was the first week of school, told us that if there's ever a school shooter, you know, or uh, somebody who's in our school trying to cause issues or harm, whatever. And he was in the military previously, but he told us like what we should do to help prepare ourselves, you know, uh, stacking on the heavy furniture by the door, grabbing stuff that we can use as weapons, throwing them at the, uh, attacker or whatever, the school shooter, you know, having literally, he was like, Oh, and if there's any guys who are willing to, because he, he was like, he was very insistent on, him protecting the rest of us, um, that our teacher, and he said that if there's any, you know, anyone who's willing to charge the shooter with him, you know, we would charge the shooter and just, you know, risk our lives in order to, uh, save the others. I think that's that's very dangerous and that's very sad that our country has come to a point where that's normal. You know, that's something that we should be expecting that we should have precautions for. Um, in these schools, you know, practicing lockdowns and all that. Um, so I think we're at a point where it's it is a norm, you know. We every time it happens, we're we're very, as a society as a whole, we're very saddened by what happened and very obviously uh, let down by these tragedies and stuff like that. But it's so intertwined with our lives now that you know, in our everyday life, we we uh, prepare for this kind of stuff. You know, we we. Uh, in our schools, and I think it's just very, very. We're at a point where there needs to be actual change that happens. And I think there is one thing I will critique about Republicans, and not not the citizens themselves, but the politicians. And I think this is mainly like from what I've been hearing from Ted Cruz, it's just that oh, the Democrats, their proposal isn't good enough. Blah blah blah. It wouldn't have prevented um this recent shooting or whatever, but. If you don't, you yourself don't, if, if the Republican Party uh, politicians themselves don't have, uh, you know, proposals t- to help stop these kind of issues, then what, what, what are we doing? What are these politicians doing, you know? And I think uh, it transcends party lines, too. I think there was a video of Pre- uh, President Trump. He was talking to the, was it the Senate? I believe it was the Senate leaders. Um, he's like, you need it. It was after shooting too, during his term. He was like, 
she was like uh, talking about to them how it doesn't make sense that you need to be 21 in order to purchase a handgun, but you can be 18 and purchase a semi-automatic weapon. And he was saying how that makes no sense and that um, I believe that he was arguing that it should be 21 for semi-automatic weapons also, but that the Senate themselves needed to change this. They needed to step up and, you know, compromise and work with each other. And obviously nothing has changed. Um, so I think President Trump, someone who's definitely very conservative, uh, even he understands that there are safeties in our country. There, there is, there's an issue with gun violence in our country and something needs to be done uh, from mainly, mainly Congress, you know, because they're the ones who create these laws, who uh, make these laws. Because um, presidents themselves, there's not very little that they can do. They can use their influence to pressure people to, you know, promote awareness and stuff like that. But it's very, very difficult for them to actually uh, make laws because that they don't have the power to do that. Um, executive actions and all that, it's all based under whatever constitutional power they do have. Um, and, and they don't have the power to create laws. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just very important that we come together as a country and are able to give ground on what we believe in. So we need to stop saying get rid of all guns because that's never going to happen. But we also need to give up on, you know, putting the excuse of gun violence on, oh, there aren't enough doors or, you know, it's children being affected by video games and pornography and stuff like that. Where, yeah, I read today on Twitter, not Twitter, on a Huffington Post or something like that, where an Ohio legislature uh, person, politician, was proposing that a law that banned porn because of how it influences gun violence. And that like, I'm not saying porn is good or bad, but there's no way it influences gun violence to the point where you need to ban it. Um, uh, but yeah, so I think we just need to come together as a country and just understand that there are kids being killed. There are uh, children being killed and just not even children, adults being killed by gun violence, uh, by guns. And, you know, they die from other stuff too, you know, stabbings, fighting, stuff like that. And that's these are all things that we need to improve on. We shouldn't say, oh, you know, it happens in other ways too, so we sh- don't need to focus on it. Um, And we really do need to focus on it because at least the school shootings, you know, I think since like 2016 or 2009 or something like that, uh, we've had over – the United States has had over 200 of these school shootings. School shootings since, oh, by country, oh, just in 2002, oh, just in 2022, my bad. So I was understating it, but just in 2022, the United States has had like, I gotta double check this because I don't want to say anything wrong. Yeah, this is since 2009. Uh, the United States has had over like 288. Yeah, they've had about 288 uh, school shootings since 2009. The next closest country is Honduras. And Hond- I hope I pronounced it correctly. Honduras. But they, they don't they don't keep track of their school shootings or gun violence because their country is so in such disarray uh, with the violence there in general. So that I mean that's not something we should be proud of. You know, we should we should 
we should not be on the same we should not have the same or we should not have a similar number of school shootings or violence as a country that's slightly unstable you know not slightly unstable just unstable uh you know we are a developed country that this shouldn't be an issue um but compared to other countries that do keep track of their number of school shootings the next closest since 2009 is mexico and they only had eight eight 288 compared to eight is it, it's just it's unbelievable um so something needs to be done you know um yeah, there's politicians need to step up and you know stop, stop, stop looking to where your money is coming from. You need to work together and give in to your insecurities and your own political aspirations and just make our country safer. You know. Um, but yeah, that's honestly what I had. I just, I just wanted to, the, the reason why I started this podcast was just to. Be able to have a platform where I can talk about the things I want to talk about and just give out my opinions for other people to listen to if they want to. And you don't have to agree with me, you know. Um, I think if we just stopped arguing with each, arguing with the, arguing with each other more, and understand where we're coming from, even if maybe some people are misinformed, helping each other, uh, politely, not politely, but helping people understand why this is important, why it needs to be done. Uh, without shouting at them, without forcing them to feel like they're they're a shitty person or a bad person, um, is very very important. You know, there needs to be an understanding that can come between people where not everybody's completely happy, but we're happy to the point where there's less gun violence, there's less uh issues like these with our children. Um, yeah, I think I think that's all I have for this first episode. So uh, just message me on my Instagram, AGC with Yang. Uh, that's my Instagram for this podcast. And just let me know what, you, what your thoughts are on this podcast. What, what, do you, what do you think about what I said in this podcast or this episode? What ideas do you have about future episodes we could talk about? Uh, I believe my next episode, I, I'm actually bringing on a couple of guests. And we're going to talk about how sports has really affected, affected our lives and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just message me. Let me know what your thoughts, your opinions are about this podcast, about this episode itself. And, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys are, hear your guys' thoughts. Just let me know. My name is Francisco Yang and you're listening to A General Conversation with Yang, a podcast where we discuss trending news and topics.